Hey, Diz After Dark listeners. I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hottie, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Dear listener, and thank you for joining us once again for Diz After Dark. Uh, I am Nick, and joining us this week we have uh, Mr. Paul Dolan. Hello, good evening. Miss Amanda White. Hi. A.K.A. Boston White, if you should know in that way. Uh, We have Mr. Paul Washington. Hello. And we have... Uh, another excellent guest, uh, in my humble opinion. Um, but I don't want to steal their thunder, so uh, would you like to view yourself? Hi, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, and happy National Tequila Day. Oh, Whoa. oh this is disappointing. <laughs> I didn't realise it was National Tequila Day. I, I, uh, yes. I didn't choose my beer in the right way in that case. That's very disappointing. Oh, no. Well, I mean, happy happy National Tequila Day, everyone. I hope afterwards you'll go and chase the worm. Um, unfortunately, after looking at the beers yesterday in the shop before I made my purchase, I, I had a choice between two, um, and one of them had tequila in it. And I went for the other one, didn't I? Like a silly sausage. Um, so what we, what we do, as people that listen to this podcast know, is that we start the show by going around and revealing what we are drinking. So... Uh, I'm going to start in the way that I started to show Mr. Dolan what are you having to drink. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm detoxing because I got to get up early tomorrow, I'm afraid. So I'm on green tea. Sorry about that. That is a detox and half, isn't it? Green tea. Yeah, I had a few beers yeah, yesterday, so uh, got to be good. Ah, no, it's, that's fair enough. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, Amanda, I'm drinking Budweiser, but I'm not going to lie, I've been at a barbecue all day, so I've had a lot of Budweiser. Good, good. Well, it's nice <laughs> not to mix too much. So that's that's quite wise of you. Had you gone bud, rum, and, and other things, tequila, obviously, that's tequila day, that might have been a bit more messy. But if you've been on the bud, that should be reasonable. Mr. Washington, speaking about things that are reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I've not been too reasonable this weekend. Uh, no. I've got Jack Daniels with Tennessee honey and lemonade. Mm. Almost like <laughs> a, a Very nice. potty kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I uh, for anyone that uh, bothers to join my uh, last-minute live video last night, saw me and Pedro knocking back quite a lot of um, Jack Daniels. Um, I started off with about three quarters of a bottle, and I've got about a quarter left, so I didn't do too badly by myself last night talking to people. Um, 
and Wendy, if you don't know, if, you, if you've never met him, uh, Pedro is my Mexican police puppet. Um, <laughs> he he's uh, he doesn't really drink, so actually all that consumption of alcohol is just me with Pedro watching. Uh, he's not a very good drinking partner. Um, gotcha. <laughs> no. Uh, Wendy, I mean, I, I'm assuming as you knew it was National Tequila Day, uh, I should guess at what you're having to drink, but I'll let you, I'll let you tell us what you're having to drink. Got a margarita on the rocks. Too lazy to get the blender out, so on the rocks today. <laughs> Very good. I would have definitely had a Corona Rita if I'd have realised. <laughs> terrible, terrible planning by myself. Uh, so, yeah, so I could have had um, a tequila-flavoured beer. There's a few now. There was Desperado. That was the first one I saw. Now there's an Amigo, which just hmm. sounds like a cheap knockoff of a Desperado. Uh, but instead, I went for a Peroni. But my Peroni is one of those um, really big bottles of Peroni. So it's uh, it's a half, uh, half a litre of Peroni. So uh, cheers, everyone. I've been very sensible today. Um, this is my first alcoholic beverage, but mainly because I went so crazy last night <laughs> now um actually before we go on um because because we've actually had some action there um we've had some emails haven't we on the email address <laughs> we had one email that's more that's look that's more than we had in the last six months that's good <laughs> um so uh what was the, the email address is now podcast no it's oh, disafterdark at gmail.com that's the one they don't send the podcast you'll never read it um, was it uh, was it a good email or a bad? It email? was yeah. no, it was it was it was around uh, Universal After Dark earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> well, hang on, the one that I ruined. <laughs> yeah, apparently you didn't. <laughs> that person's uh, a fool. I'm only joking. You, you've obviously got some some questionable taste, but thank you. Um, oh well, maybe I'll I'll do another one at some point then. Yeah, I was I was I was expecting a lot more backlash. Okay, good. Well, that's uh, at least at least people enjoyed it. I suppose that's the main thing. Um, now, people may they won't necessarily recognise Wendy's voice on this podcast before, but they may recognise Wendy's name because we <laughs> say it quite often, actually. Um, so for those that haven't put two and two together just yet, um, Wendy, um, mm-hmm. would you like to say a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I'm a Texan. And I travel to Florida as much as I can to go to Disney World. And uh, I started doing my own travel business with Magical Journeys about four years ago. And just been growing up my clients since then. And it's it's been great. I love it. I've, you know, I, I had some friends way back in the day say, how come you're not doing this for money? So <laughs> I thought, okay, I'll look around and see what my opportunities are. And so... Um, yeah, really, I've been planning trips for people for probably closer to 15 years. <laughs> and wow, okay. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I, re- I really like doing that. So that's kind of like why I started to do this podcast, because mm-hmm. I had such an interest in Disney. I thought, oh, how can I make money off it? Um, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, four years in, still don't know. Um, never mind. <laughs> You've obviously got a much better business uh, head on your shoulders, so that's good. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do. So you say you, you, you plan people's holidays. Now, um, I think what you do is, is different to what we would necessarily think a, a travel planner would do in the UK. So um, just explain to listeners what it is that you do. Right. So for a Disney World trip, I do complete itinerary planning, which is great for people who have never been before. And, you know, they want to just maximize their trip time because, you know, a family pays so much money 
to go to Disney. So if they let me, I will plan everything down to the bathroom breaks. I'll do their, their dining arrangements, their fast passes. I'll tell them what time to be on the bus in the morning if they want to make rope drop and be right in, in the front. Um, just everything down. I mean, I even do <laughs> color coded spreadsheets to help people out. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> really so- sad. and then for the people who have been more often they'll still say we'll take care of my dining so I don't have to get up in the middle of the night and be the first one on the phone to get that be our guest reservation Um, so I do all that for Disney World but then I also do everything Disney all universal vacations and then uh, all major cruise lines like not just Disney cruises but you know Princess Royal Carnival all of that and I branch out to um, those areas, but, uh, Disney world and Disneyland is where I can really do the day by day itinerary planning for people that are, that just don't even want to think about that. They'll just call me up and say, okay, Wendy, take care of me. This is what I like. Make me a plan. Well, I mean, if Craig was here, unfortunately he's not, if you haven't already gathered, um, you know, I think the one thing he doesn't need help with, um, is anything to do with the toilets in Disney world. He seems to have had that down to a fine tea. I, I, I don't know why, when or how, but he seems to do pretty all right with it. I think um, he goes on color coded spreadsheet for that one. Just for the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Universal after dark. Mm. <laughs> a lot of things after that, that one. So, um, yeah, because, um, it's very, I mean, it's very hard for us in the UK, I, I think, um, with ter- with uh, regards of, of kind of making those bookings like you do because of the time difference. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough for you that it's you know it's midnight, uh, but in the UK that's about five a.m. So right. uh, you know we really have to be kind of like on on the money there to to do those things. So um, it's great to have a service where. Um, you kind of take that pain away, as you say, because mm-hmm. um, believe me, if we book a, a Disney holiday in the UK, it's um, right. This, this is these are your tickets and this is your flight time. See you later, everyone. Bye. Have fun. Um, that's about <laughs> it. You know, um, we don't really, or I don't think we have any kind of service like that in the UK. I mean, certainly, who you would normally traditionally book a, a holiday with here wouldn't provide all those kind of extras. So, um, right. You know, I think it's. Um, I want to say it's it's almost like a, a niche market, but I mean it's it's not because it's such a good service that you offer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people just probably don't realise, um, especially the first time you go, exactly how stressful a, a trip to a Disney park can be, especially Disney World because of the size of it. You know? Oh yeah, the size and the crowds, and and I feel terrible when I hear families come home and say, you know, they spent five thousand dollars and they only got to ride three rides in a day because they waited over two hours in line and their kids had a meltdown, and then they said they'll never go again. And I'm thinking, well, of course not. I wouldn't want to do that again either. Mm. because there's a whole rhyme or reason to all of it, you know, showing up at the right times. And, and just that I, I feel like families, especially with like the kids that are about, you know, in that three to five year old age range, they feel like they have to get it all done in a day. And you can't do that because those are the babies you see crying in the strollers <laughs> and the parents mm. are yelling, going, you're going to have fun, damn it. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'd be crying, crying in the stroller myself. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd turf my kids out. <laughs> I mean, that's just not the way to go, you know. And uh, another thing is my services are free to customers. And I think a lot of people feel like um, that costs money. So they'll go, oh, well, I never thought about hiring a, a Disney travel agent before because I thought it was going to cost me more money. 
but it's it's free. Wow. Yeah, it's great service. Very. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm extremely impressed because um I've only been um I've only been myself twice. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm basically the slacker on this podcast. <laughs> Um, although it's it's more financial than through choice, let me tell you that. Um, but I was quite lucky in that the last time we went was 2010. Um, oh, okay. And it was just me and uh, Moeth uh, before the, the children came along. So, um, you know, we, we because we've been once before and we go to Disneyland Paris quite often, you know, we, we kind of know, you know, the, the ways that, that things happen um, and can prepare ourselves a little bit. But we didn't have to worry too much about, um, you know, thinking about, you know, if we have to queue up for a little bit longer, what effect it's going to have, because it was just the two of us, we were going to be fine. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time of year we went, we went um, late, uh, late September, early October time, which... Oh, um, that's a great time to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, so that was the first one. The second time we went towards the end of October. Um, mm-hmm. But again... You know, the only times it was really busy was like Halloween Horror Nights towards, uh, you know, Halloween itself, really. Um, mm-hmm. Again, most of the time the weather was good and, and it was fairly quiet. But if you're looking at the height of summer, I don't think re- people realise exactly how how busy the parts can be. Um, again, with that uh, time that I last went and now, I mean, I know there's been a lot of change with things like Fast Pass Plus and that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's great for the service that you offer. But how do you actually feel as a customer um, that has had a knock-on effect on the parks? The Fast Pass Plus. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, my family we we took them to uh, Disneyland last December so we could go back to the old Fast Pass ways. And my kids that are 12 and 16 now, they were telling me they said we want to go to Disneyland until they make the change. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> because we we used to always maximize fast passes. We were great with keeping an eye on when the window would open and we'd be looking at each other going, okay, time, go. Now you go run to Tower of Terror and get us one. And, and we would just load up on all the fast passes. And the first time we went when they made the switch – and I told my, we used our three and there was nothing, you know, you use the three that you get for the day and then pretty much all the good ones are gone. So they say you can get a fourth one, but you don't have much of a choice. And the kids were looking at me like, what? That's it? <laughs> so that that was a, an adjustment for them. They had a hard time with that and they didn't like it very much. So, <laughs> so I think we'll take advantage of Disneyland as much as we can. And so that's, that's kind of how we feel just as customers. But, uh, one thing that I do for my clients is I get online at midnight at that 60 day mark to make the fast pass arrangements for them and get the good ones. Because the hard part is when people go, I don't know, about two weeks out or so, and they try to go online and pick fast passes and seven dwarfs, mind train, tower of terror, toy story, all of those are just gone. That's amazing because I mean, these days with, Fast Pass Plus plus the popularity of dining reservations. I mean, that's, you know, the, the value of the service you're offering there is huge. But if you've never been before, you don't realize actually how valuable that is to get those dining reservations and those hard to get Fast Pass Pluses. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard somebody talking. Um, I, I can't even remember I, where I was now, but somebody was like, oh, yeah, we got this great. Uh, it's a small world fast pass at whatever time. And I just laughed. I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. are you serious? 
<laughs> you know, they, they just don't realise. I was going to say, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose from the first timer, if you, you know, if you really want to go on that ride, you think you've done the best thing you can possibly do if you don't realise that it's a completely unnecessary fast pass and really you're yeah. trying to get it on, on Frozen or, or Toy Story Mania or something like that instead. Or so, Holland Residence, something like that. Or, or Character <laughs> of Progress, another busy one. Yeah, carousel of progress. Do you get much much trouble getting fast passes uh, for your customers when you for Stitch's Great Escape? (laughs) Yes, they're they're beating down the door for it. Yeah, (laughs) give me Stitch. Um, Yeah, because I mean, um, I mean, you said about their dining reservations, Paul. Um, When when we went, um, we went back for our honeymoon. That was the second time we went, and Mm -hmm. so there was obviously a few restaurants that I wanted to to make sure we got. Uh, times for and um, um, even at the 180 day mark I got Mm. um, it was quite hard for me to get a decent reservation for uh, California Grill Mm -hmm. and uh, we actually tried to change a couple of dining reservations while we were there just because um, as you do you think actually you know what I want to spend the day in this part now, and I've got reservations over in in Epcot. And I, I want to stay in the studios. I mean, okay, you wouldn't say that right now because there's nothing in the studios. But um, at the time, there was a lot of rides to go on. And um, you know, if you tried to move your your booking for Lucilier to to another day, um, you know, we just we just couldn't do it. There was no reservation right, available. Right, you can't. So um, you know, and that was that was pre uh, Fast Pass Plus. So. Um, I can only imagine how stressful it is now. Um, do you offer this service to to people in the UK, or is this only something you're you're able to do within the states? Oh, I yeah, I can help out people in the UK too, definitely. And a lot of times their uh, their window opens for um, bookings earlier than because weren't y'all able to book your 2017 packages before we could? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. April April, I think, wasn't it? Um, the 2017 packages opened up. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you could. But yes, yeah. I, c- I could definitely do that. And, uh, you know, the, the one that's still really hard to get is Be Our Guest. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, yeah. who who here, um, um, Amanda, that sounded like someone that's, that's been. I think you've been, Mr. D, haven't you? To Be Our Guest? Yeah. No, the last time we went, it just opened. And we couldn't get, we couldn't get a... Um, an EDR. I don't. I don't even know if they were on the system at the time. Mm. Um, but um, you know, I think we're. I think we're going to try and get to be our guest next day. Okay. And Mr. Washington, I mean, you're, I know you're you're very drunk, so you probably won't say very much. And <laughs> uh, you made to uh, be our guest. No, we actually had a reservation the last time we went and had to cancel it. We couldn't get there. We had something else on that day. Was you so, on Stitch's Great Escape? Is that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was the it was the the burp priorities. <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had my fast passes for it's a small You're world. That guy. No way I'm giving it up. Amanda, have you been? Yeah, I've been. But getting that reservation was the bane of my life. Every single day, I had to get up at five o'clock to try and get it. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got one. But it was a. They just started doing breakfast at this point, and so Matt they gave me a what they called a lunch reservation. But it was at like ten forty-five in the morning. That's why you got to stay on site, Amanda, so you can book ten days ahead <laughs> from your hundred eightieth day. I know. I feel like booking a stay on site just for that. Mm. 
Because honestly, it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think would happen if Batman tried to make a reservation for Be Our Guest in the same way that you did, Amanda? How do you think he'd react to that? Would that be the new Bane in his life? Or yeah. would he stick to the original Bane in his life? Um, the Tom Hardy kind of Bane. Do you mean a reservation for dinner, 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 dinner? <laughs> yeah. That is a great <laughs> joke, Mr. Dolan. <laughs> oh, Tom Hardy's pain just appeared and he's buggered off again. Um, I don't understand that, so I... it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, we like dinner DC, a lot. Yeah. Well, who doesn't like dinner? Yeah, the the lunch was, uh, I don't know, Some the lunch, all the meals that we got were kind of hit and miss, you know, uh, very counter service, you know, but the, the dinners, the... I remember the, the scallop. We got some sort of scallop dish, and I thought that was excellent. So that suggests to me that Gordon Ramsay runs the kitchen there. <laughs> because the only time I ever hear scallops mentioned on American television is Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> when it seems to be the only starter they serve throughout the whole series. You must, get, you must go to like Costco or something and just get like a, a mass uh, like container full of scallops. Very, very strange, very strange. But Wendy, that's not the only thing that we wanted to talk to you about mm-hmm. in the show because um, you went on what, um, uh, only by perception, obviously, but what appeared to be the world's longest cruise uh, <laughs> in North America. So um, would you like to tell our listeners about that? We went on what our my whole family and our friends that came with us voted it as our best vacation we've ever had. Wow. So we yeah, we we cruised the Disney Wonder to Alaska. We went out of Vancouver, which was a vacation all in itself. It, we we were all wanting to go back to Vancouver and spend a week there for sure. We spent about two and a half days there and it wasn't enough. And um, it's just an amazing city, very beautiful. And we cruised up to Ketchikan, Juneau, and Skagway. And then Tracy Arm, the glacier there, it was too full of ice. And so we had to go through Endicott Arm to the Dawes Glacier. But everything about that cruise, it it was just, you know, we, we had great weather, excellent service. Uh, I loved everything about the Disney Wonder and, uh, I mean, if I could do that every year, I would. <laughs> so where does the, the, where does the wonder sit in terms of, um, the age of the boats? Because I know there's been, a, there's obviously quite a few boats now that they have around the world. Yes. And you know, it's, um, let's see, it's about 17 years old now and, I had heard some people complain that you could start seeing the wear and tear on it. But when we were there, I mean, we, we were really looking for it. I mean, there was nothing that made us just sit there and go, Oh gosh, this is in such an, of need of reservation, you know, renovations. But, um, you know, after they're through with this Alaskan season, it's going to start working its way back to Galveston or in between Alaska. And when it's going to do some Galveston cruises in November and December, it's going to go through that extensive dry dock and they're going to fix it all up and make all kinds of changes. But really, I mean, we, we were so happy with it. Um, I, I prefer the smaller ships to the larger ones anyway, just because, I mean, we were on a completely full cruise and it never felt full. Whereas when we're on the dream or the fantasy, it just feels full and crowded all the time. And, 
I don't know, I even felt like the all the cast members could give us more attention. People got to know us. They got to know us by name, um, like not just our servers at dinner. Hmm. But so just everything about it just felt um, more laid back, relaxed. And we got eight days and seven nights of that. So hmm. I, I thought they were going to have to drag us off the ship on that last day. <laughs> <laughs> so what was... Um... Was there any particular highlights? Um, I mean, it sounds like the whole thing was great, but I'm sure there was there was certain things that stood out more than others. Yes. Um, you know, we had our two adult friends come with us that don't have any kids. And so, I mean, our kids would go to the kids clubs and just disappear. You know, we joke sometimes going, what, we have kids on the ship? <laughs> but <laughs> um, so the adult nightlife and all the adult activities were one of our highlights because the the cruise entertainer for the adult group his name was Jamesy and he's from the UK and he was amazing he he made all our nights we we played match your mate which is like the newlywed game we got to go up and be on the game shows and they did all kinds of trivia like 90s music trivia and movie quotes trivia um, I won the ultimate Disney trivia Wow! <laughs> and, uh, so since we saw him every night with all the different activities and different things going on, uh, we just got to know him really well and he talked to us. And, um, so that was one of the highlights. And then I was thinking the other one, um, we booked all of our excursions privately and not through Disney. I, I probably shouldn't say that being an agent, but I'm also all about saving money. <laughs> and so we saved hundreds of dollars by doing similar excursions to Disney. And some of them were even through the same company. Um, but like for one, we, we got to go um, visit all the sled dogs from the Iditarod races and go <laughs> ride on the, the dog sled and all that. And Disney charges $169 per person, and we paid 119 per person for the exact same trip. And then that same company said, well, if you go ziplining with us, we'll give you a $50 off discount per person to go ziplining. And so ziplining was 169 a person, and we paid 129 per person for that one. So, I mean, you, you saved yourselves a good couple of hundred quid just by just by doing that. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. And then also, uh, Disney has higher age limits on a lot of the excursions because they're trying to be protective and make sure nobody gets hurt and all that. So a lot of uh, families that had the younger kids kind of had this feeling like they couldn't do anything. And but if you if you go book on your own, then not only are you saving money, but you can also bring your five year old to something that they're okay with but you know disney's a little bit more overprotective so they had a lot of age limits like seven eight nine yeah we did i'm sorry Sorry. i was just gonna say we did a disney med cruise wendy Mm, okay three years ago and we did the same thing we we wanted to do a, a guided tour of rome but picked up straight from the ship um, and the Disney, you know, the Disney package was very expensive. So we, we booked exactly the same thing through a, you know, a reputable website and it was, mm-hmm. it was significantly cheaper. The only, I guess the only downside, you know, potential downside is if, if anything happens and you're late and you miss the ship, it's, it's your problem. <laughs> Whereas if you right. book the official Disney package and anything goes wrong, obviously they, they fix that, but. 
but it was um, it was significantly cheaper and you know a great a great experience. Mm-hmm. So I'd definitely do it again. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I think, and we've talked about this kind of situation on the show before, because, you know, one thing that people always say about Disney holidays, and I don't think anyone ever says the opposite of this, is that they can be expensive. And I think that it's important to kind of highlight the can be bit, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you're never going to get a cheap, cheap Disney holiday. Um, but there are definitely ways that you can try and do things. Um, you know, sometimes if you're flexible with the dates, it could just be waiting a lot later to book your flight than booking it so early. Um, you know, in, in England, um, if we book trips to Disneyland Paris, if you book them as a package, um, because you're booking them so uh, so far in advance, the trains are really expensive. If you book six months in advance, the trains are often less than half the price that you would have paid for you know a year before so mm-hmm. there are ways of of, of doing things but uh, yeah i suppose you've got to weigh up uh, your different things and sometimes it will make sense to, and sometimes it won't but you know i think it's it's good to to kind of highlight those things where possible anyway well um you know we we knew a, a way ahead of time that we wanted to do an alaskan cruise and and those are especially by disney standards those are pretty expensive and then everybody kind of around here knows that alaskan excursions are really expensive because that's how those towns just make their money it's just completely off the cruise industry so um you know what we did was we did the onboard booking on our prior cruise which when as long as you do that before you get off the cruise even if you don't know what cruise you want to do you can just put $250 down and then that'll save you 10% on your future cruise plus a $200 onboard credit if it's 7 days or longer so we saved about $890 off of that and then out here, we can buy Disney gift cards through Target and get 5% off uh, all the Disney gift cards. And I obsessively paid off the trip through the Disney gift cards and saved about $450 that way. Wow. And, um, and then we also booked on opening day, which... Um, you know, I, I get a, a waiting list. Like people will call me and say, hey, put me down so you can get me a quote for opening day prices. But um, our exact stateroom went up from the time I booked it on opening day to about a month before the cruise. It went up by about $3,500. Wow. So if you look at all the things that I, you know, you put all that together and I saved thousands and made it affordable because if I had just decided in March that I want to go to Alaska in June, there's just no way that my family could have ever afforded that. And then you talk about the timing on going, um, even just by me choosing the week that I did as opposed to the week after was it saved a thousand dollars because the week after went into the July 4th weekend. Mm-hmm. And then everything went up on that. So yes, if you can be flexible about when you can go, it makes all the difference too. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, um, when so I mean, we we chose to go September October time because uh, it, it's generally a lot cheaper and obviously the parks are a lot quieter. But if we'd booked the same holiday uh, now uh, in the summer, then we're probably looking at about a good two thousand. Uh, pounds more expensive to book it 
during the summer months than it would be to book it in September or October. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. And even when we were there the second time, um, one of the weeks we were there was um, during half term in England. It was just a week off school. And uh, the flight the week after we went was almost double. Wow. That. It's, it's, uh, it, it, I know what you mean about the, the dates being flexible. It's, it's crazy. Um, so you mentioned Disneyland. You mentioned uh, Disney World. Have you mm-hmm. ever um, been to any of the other Disney parks? No, not yet. So that that's our, our bucket list to try to venture out to Disneyland Paris. And I, I'd love to go to Shanghai. That'd be great. Well... Uh, I think we'll cover Shanghai a little bit in the news and coming up actually because uh, <laughs> that's something to talk about. But um, yeah, because I mean, obviously now that Disney do a, a cruise around Europe, maybe that would be a good ten-day uh, trip to Europe. Is to kind of because uh, I mean, Disneyland Paris isn't a very big park. It's mm-hmm. um, it's it's more Disneyland than it is a Disney World. It's just got the two gates, um, and you know, I, I think. Even for a first time, you could probably do it all and, and be quite content in three days, if not two days, if you really push it. Um, mm-hmm. So then you could combine it with a, a nice European Disney cruise as well. Yes. So what we're looking for next is we want to take the we want to do um, the Disney Magic up to Norway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, that that's my, one also. <laughs> my my friends just did that cruise. Uh, uh, about about six weeks ago now, I think it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but they did that, and that was their... They've done the... Um, what's the cruise around that takes you to Castaway K? Oh, um, like the, the Dream that does yes. the Bahamas itinerary? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So they, they did that on one of their, their more recent trips to Florida, because um, it's, it's, a, it's a shorter cruise. But... Um, yeah, so they've done that cruise, and they've done they've now done um, the the cruise to Norway, and uh, they they really I mean they enjoyed the the like the the original one uh, the dream, but they really enjoyed going around uh, Europe, uh, which is quite funny because I mean they're not really you know they they go to America at least twice a year if they if they can, so they never really venture into Europe, but they really enjoyed themselves as the cruise was actually really good. I think they said the dining was a bit better um, on that one. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. And also, I think it was a little, uh, again, I think the size of the boat might have helped there because I think it's yes. smaller. So, yeah, they might have had that as well. Um, now, um, news, I suppose. I was debating what to do, and then I realised that instead of doing an ad sponsor break, they will go straight into news because um, we'll now play the beginning of the podcast, which means that you've actually already heard that before I referenced it on the show now because the podcast that you'd have heard would have had that at the beginning of it and not what I'm talking about now so you know I was watching Edge of Tomorrow yesterday and you know timelines and stuff is getting very confusing for me um I'm so, expecting Doc Brown to turn up at any minute <laughs> which one the English rapper or Christopher Lloyd that's the yeah. question um, yes um Great Scott <laughs> Well, I, oh, thanks. I, I was going to say, I think Mr. Donan is a great Scott, actually. Thank I you. think it's very Thank nice you. of you to say, Paul. Very, yes. very, uh, very teamly of you. Um, now, I'm going to I'm going to ask, um, even in his uh, ruined state, uh, Mr. Washington to fill us in, because um, with news this week, um, we've just we're just coming off the back of San Diego Comic Con. Um, it's yeah. just in its final few hours, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the last for. Six or seven hours, I think. 
Uh, just finishing up all the all the panels and stuff. But I mean, all the all the good juicy bits have probably already happened, haven't they? Yeah, more or less. I think most of the the major panels are done now. Yeah. So, um, what from a uh, a Disney kind of perspective, and don't talk about the the uh, the other one, the yeah. California one, but um, you know all the other things. So, like, I'm I'm thinking more towards like the Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the huge Marvel panel was yesterday, which will include what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but they kind of went through uh, Black Panther, um, which is due to start filming in January. Um, Who's playing Kuso? <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, shame. Um, they went through Doctor Strange, which is due out in a couple of months. Yes. Uh, with a new trailer, um, which is very Inception-like. Yeah, um, yeah, I go with that. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, which is currently filming at the moment. It's, uh, Homecoming, isn't it? Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so they were, they confirmed that, that Michael Keaton's playing the Vulture in that. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. So he's gone from being, from our other episode earlier in the week where we were talking about Batman toys, um, now playing the villain rather than the hero. Well, you could say he's gone from Birdman to Birdman. Cause, <laughs> well, yeah. Cause Technically, the vultures of Batman. Yeah, so there was that. Uh, Thor, which is filming at the moment as well, uh, down in Australia. Uh, there was some confirmation on the role that the Hulk's going to be playing in that. Uh, they're going, they're kind of combining Thor and a Hulk story into one. They're using the, the Planet Hulk storyline. Oh, they are using Planet Hulk? Okay. Yeah, yeah they showed they showed some of the, the previous stuff with him wearing all his, his armour. Right. Um, is it strange... the same Hulk or a new one? No, it's it... the same guy. It's still Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Yep. And weirdly, it was also confirmed that he's playing two different roles, and the other role isn't Bruce Banner. <laughs> so, well, who's he playing then? Don't leave us in suspenders. I don't know. They didn't say. They just oh, okay. confirmed that he was playing another role. Um, oh. Because I don't think he's going to come out of the Hulk zone. I think he will be the Hulk for the whole film. Right, okay, understand what you're saying. Yes. So we won't see Bruce at all? Yep, yep, I get you, um, I get you. There was that, um, then the Guardians panel, which we'll talk about in a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last announcement was they've confirmed that Brie Larson's playing Captain Marvel. Yes, so that's going to be the big Marvel um, female superhero film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's going to be the Marvel version of Wonder Woman, I suppose, in that in that kind yeah. of uh, way. Um, I think some people were kind of uh, surprised that um, they haven't, they still haven't gone with Black Widow yet. Well, let's talk about that again today, that possibly Joss Whedon might be directing it. Okay, that'd be interesting. He's been at, he's been at Comic-Con today, and he was asked whether he would be interested, and he said yes, very much so. I thought he was, I thought he was done. Uh, I think he was done with the Avengers. Right, yeah. I yeah. think he was done with the the big cast and the pressure of it being the tentpole. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could see that with um, Avengers 2, couldn't we, really? That yeah. I think stress got the better of him. Okay, but yeah, I think um, I think some people were a bit disappointed with the Brie Larson um, announcement because um, of the names that had been kind of banded about for a while now with regards to Captain Marvel. But uh, I mean, I, I think she's a good choice. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. 
So yeah, from what I could see of her with the with the rest of the guys, because they all came on stage together at the end. Right. She seemed to be fitting in well with everybody already. So, and I'm wondering whether she's going to be making a cameo in one of the other films beforehand. Okay, like a bit of a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, interesting. And um, now I know um, since we last spoke um, that you went to Star Wars Celebration. I did. Um, was there? But before we talk about that, was there anything um, at Comic Con related to Star Wars? So I haven't, I haven't seen anything. No, they kind of unveiled a couple of new costumes um, from Rogue One, but that was that was about it. They didn't have any panels or anything. Okay. Yeah, considering I beat the Force Awakens one was last year, I was uh, yeah. surprised. So, um, Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Um, I went into it with a bit of trepidation, I have to be honest. Um, the, the, Is he your friend? Just, or? Well, yeah, sometimes he might be. Okay. Um, but there didn't seem to be a lot of organisation beforehand. Things were expensive. Um, £140 a pop for an autograph. Um, well, Mark that, I was going to say, let's let's just point out that wasn't like uh, a random X-wing pilot or something no. like that. That was that was Mark Hamill that was charged. And that and that's the thing, they didn't have any random X-wing pilots. Um, that was one of the other problems. There wasn't a lot of cast. Right. Uh, there was only like ten people there. The big guns. So, yeah, and that was it. There was nothing else. Right. So the queues um, were horrendous. Yeah. Um, Queues for other things were horrendous as well. The queue to get in the official celebration store, 90 minutes. Wow. That's a big attraction at Disney World, that is. Yeah, and once I got in there, it was shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was awful. There was no choice at all. Basically, it was just t-shirts. And that was it. Right. Because I think... Were they not... Were the Disney store not selling stuff there? They were, they were, but even they were kind of selling them in sets, and that was it. Right. But there was nothing themed to celebration other than these t-shirts. That was it. The rest yeah. of it was just normal stuff that you could buy elsewhere. Yeah, because um, I, I bought up Disney stuff because they released some more of the uh, the elite series of action figures, the metal figures that they yeah. do. Um, but I'd seen them announce a celebration. I thought, oh, they're coming out in the UK, and yes, they were actually in store the same day. They were launched in celebration, so it didn't make much much sense to me. No, and so. it was the same. They had some limited edition pop vinyls, which yeah. the next day they were in store. Yeah, although I, th- I think that was a limited run. What where these elite figures are, are kind of all over the place. I think because I, I know not all stores got those, because um, I know some people were were phoning up different stores and being told that they only had a couple in, or they didn't have any deliveries at all. So. Um, yeah, seems a, seems a, to be a bit of an odd one. That yeah, I well, once in the event it was fine. All the right. panels were great, brilliant. I got in. I saw the Rebels panel, um, which was really good. Um, and I saw the EA Games panel as well, um, which was really interesting about all the different games going out to different different um, companies that make them. So basically, they're not actually made by EA; they're made by other people. Yes, and just licensed to EA. Yeah. Did so, they uh, did they announce that uh, Battlefront will have a proper story this time? Or? Uh, they announced that Battlefront is going to get a, uh, a non-online version. Um, it's not a story. 
as far as I can tell, it basically means you can just play the levels by yourself. Right. Because uh, have you have you played Battlefront at all? I haven't, no. I got it for Christmas, and well, my wife was extremely disappointed when she realised I can only really play it online, because you can kind of do some training offline, but if you want to actually do anything properly, you have to play online. And it's good, because it's like dogfights and stuff like that, but I like a game where you've got a story to play as well. Yeah. So... Mm. Yeah, uh, and I, I also I managed to get into the, the Madam Two Swords panel, which was quite interesting. Uh, talking about the because they've done a couple of new figures for Force Awakens now. Uh, Ray's going in later on in the year, as well as BB-8. <laughs> so, a waxwork of BB-8. <laughs> yeah, but they actually had the figure in the in the panel with them. They brought it with them uh, of Ray. Right. So it was quite interesting to see it before it even gone out on display. Now I find Madame Two Souls can be very hit and miss. When they get it right, they it is scary. But yep. when they get it wrong, it's a bit of a disaster. How how did Ray look? It looked really good actually. Yeah. It's one of the better ones I've seen recently. Of a of a character that hasn't got makeup on or or things like that. Like I know they've done Darth Maul and they've done Vader and, and things like that, which are fairly easy not having to do facial features and things like that, but Ray did look very good. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, my uh, my daughter, I tried to make her watch the first like episode four, A New Hope, and uh, she's three, so she gets bored quite easily if it's not familiar to her, so she goes off. But um, I came home with an Argos castle the other day. Um, other catalogs are available, and uh, BB-8 is on the cover of that, and she said. Daddy, Star Wars. Beep, 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 beep. And I don't know. I mean, all right, you know, number one, I wasn't going to correct her that she's making the wrong noise of BB-8, but um, like it was, it was kind of surprising to me. And I said to my wife, "Do you, do you know why, like, where she's picked this up from?" She's like, "No, I don't." And um, I got bought the the Force Awakens Lego game for my birthday. And again, if if it's left where my daughter can reach it, she goes, "Look, Daddy, Star Wars." But she just kind of figured it out. I don't. I don't really know. I've not taught her. I mean, not as much as I'd like to have done. But she's picking it up, which is good. So uh, maybe I'll have a little Jedi yet. Uh, I hope so, because I did buy her a Princess Leia costume the other week in the Disney Store sale. So I'm hoping that uh, she does like Star Wars. Otherwise, that's going to be hard to get her to wear that. Um. Anyway, um, there is uh. The reason why I've left this news to last is because it's going to tie into something else. So, um, as Paul alluded to earlier, uh, one of the major panels, I'd say, at Comic-Con, certainly the one that uh, I had the most interest in, I'll be honest, uh, was for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which, if we haven't mentioned, is the official title for uh, the Guardian sequel, which I think makes sense, Volume 2. Yeah. As it's based around, uh, you know, the cassette, really. Um, and uh, I thought what was quite interesting with regards to the panel was, uh, I mean, I've, I've not seen the footage. So have you, have you, you haven't managed to find the trailer yet, have you, Paul? No, no, that's not. I, I think James Gunn's actually come out this evening and said that it won't be going online. Yeah, we'll see. We all, we all remember what happened with that Tron trailer. That soon got out there. Um but I did see a picture of uh, Yondu. Yep. Um, who um, is looking more like the comic book version this yep. time around. He's got the kind of mohawk hair. 
Yep. Which actually, seems to be playing a big part in the storyline. Well, the hair. Yeah, because oh. it's it's not hair. Well, I was going to say, I say it's a mohawk, but um, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was hair or not. So what is it? It's, it's his new version of his uh, arrows from the first film. Ooh. By what I can tell, uh, the, the, what I read about the the footage that was shown was basically him and Rocket have been captured. Okay. Um, and they've taken the mohawk off of him. Right. And basically he whistles and it comes back to him. Okay. And kills the people that have captured him. Well, good. They stole, they stole his hairpiece. I'm so, sure yeah, if that's... someone stole Mr. D's hairpiece, he doesn't have one. But if he did have one, I'm sure if someone stole it, he'd be very upset, wouldn't you, wouldn't you Paul? Definitely. Yeah. Don't even mess with my, my hairpiece. Yeah. Um, Wendy, how did you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, I think it was an acquired taste. Um, Mike hates uh, any superhero movies of any kind, so he thought he was doing me this big favor by taking me out on date night to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I was kind of going, hmm, wait a minute, I don't know if I like this one or not. It, it was much better later on on DVD when I could kind of think about it more. So that's kind of where I am. I'm on the fence. <laughs> okay. Because um, my my wife um, was getting a bit fed up with the Marvel films. Um, she found it really hard to kind of keep track of who everyone, not who everyone was. She knew who Captain America was and Thor was, but um, right. she'd get a bit confused with the stories because, you know, one film would lead into another film, then lead to an Avengers, and then they'd lead to another film, and then another film, and then an Avengers 2. So um, she'd get a little bit confused with some of the stories and, and ask me 20,000 questions, which is not right. my preferred way to watch films. Um, yeah. But when Guardians come out, um, she had no interest in seeing it at the cinema. So I said, no problem, I'll go and see it by myself. Um, and then when she did actually watch it, she was quite surprised. Um, because it, it's not like a superhero film, I don't think. Is, are some people cutting out? I can't hear I, everybody. I think so. But also, people yeah. don't like talking to me, so that's fine as well. Well, if it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really think it's much of a superhero film. Um, it, I mean, it's obviously a comic book film, but it's it doesn't feel like Captain America. It doesn't feel like Thor. I, to be honest, no. um, the way I described it when I first saw it was, it's this generation's Star Wars. Of course, The Force Awakens came out, and that is this generation's version of Star Wars. Is Star I felt Wars. more like Star Trek, because I felt like there were so many rules and planets and they kept going oh well now it's this and then they kept thro- throwing in so much information that i was thinking i'm gonna have to remember all this now <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that so, is a mar- marble trait i think that they they do try and throw a lot more um things in that they, they probably could get away with but um that does lead us handedly into uh i think the biggest news that's been announced this week even bigger than when we announced on universal last dark that uh, game of thrones is going to be the third gate at universal <laughs> studios which may or may not be true um but uh it's been talked about we've actually talked about it before on this show when it was rumored but it was officially confirmed at san diego um ironically enough because it's not that far away that um next year have they announced when next year 
Tower of Terror. Yeah, Tower of Terror closes in January. Right. Well, that's going to be quick. No. Um, <laughs> and that's that. That 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 Tower of Terror will be closing, and it will be reopened as uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy themed ride. Now, um, I mean, not only has this been rumored for a while, but they've pretty much confirmed what the rumor was in that it's going to be an attraction based around the Collector from the first Guardians film. Um, no word on that. They haven't announced he's back in the sequel yet, have they? No. I mean, I've not heard him in any announcements. Um, but yes, it's going to be based around that. And um, yeah, like like Wendy just did a Darth Vader no impression. <laughs> Um, (laughs) some some people are are happy with it and some people are not so um, what we do know is that um, it is going to be the same ride technology um, that the the storyline of the ride is that the collector will have captured the guardians um, and uh, Rocket um, escapes from his cage and uh, Rocket enlists you to help him break out the other members of the guardians of the galaxy um, so that that's kind of what it's going to be, and I think there's going to be some interact more interactive bits in the kind of uh, pre-show uh, before you get into uh, the lift. I'm not sure if this I'm going to call it a lift, but whatever. Um, and uh, was it Joe Road? Yeah, it's done a nice yeah, it's done a nice uh, video, um, nice YouTube video um, where you can see his ever-expanding earlobes. Um, discussing uh, in detail with a few concept pictures of what it's going to look like in the interior of the ride. Uh, now, this is the part of the show where uh, I'd, I'd put my soapbox music on and and, uh, and step aboard. I haven't got the music, so I'll just step up onto my soapbox because uh, it has really divided people. It's me stepping up onto my soapbox. Um, it has really divided people, this announcement. Um, and some people have been very, very angry about it. Um, you, uh, the, the way I've seen uh, people react to it on social, social media has been with either great anger or positive, slight indifference. So like not, every other Disney announcement. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but to be honest, um, I mean, I, I for one, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's the hottest property that they've got at the moment that they can actually do something with. Um, I mean, they haven't confirmed it's they're replacing Ellen with Guardians yet at Disney World, but um, you know, I'm sure that's possibly on the cards as well. Um, but I think the story they're looking to tell is interesting. I think the characters are good, and everyone's going to reprise their roles in the film, so that's going to be good. And this is what I think about the Tower of Terror. I love the Tower of Terror. I love the Walt Disney World version of the Tower of Terror. Um, I've not been to California. I can't vouch for that one, but I have been to Disneyland Paris. And I know that the, uh, the ride there in Paris is is more similar to uh, the California one than the Disney World one, for example. Uh, in fact, I think they're exactly the same ride. Not many people know Twilight Zone anymore. Um, you know, I think on the podcast we do. In fact... Uh, because we know that she's much younger than the rest of us. Amanda, the Twilight Zone, what does it mean to you? You know what? I actually watch the Twilight Zone still, and the Tower of Terror is my favourite ride. What about, Excellent. What, well about, done, what, about, what about the film, though? Not the, like, twi- not, the, not the Twilight Zone film, the Tower of Terror film. Oh, right. I love that. That's kind of made your 
um, your last comment invalid, I'm afraid. Because um, everyone knows <laughs> it's a it. terrible, terrible film. Look, because it's, my mum loves it. Yeah, but it stars Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, but so, because my mum absolutely loves that so, so much. She hates the ride, she absolutely hates it, but she loves that film and it reminds me of my mum. Now, so is it the Steve, Steve Gutenberg film or is it the Twilight Zone film? No. Because there was a Twilight Zone film as well, Yes, wasn't no, there was, a, I think it was around about 95, it, it was not long after the original ride opened that yeah. they made a Tower of Terror film. Yeah. With Steve Gutenberg and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Right, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Um, so but just to clarify, at the yeah. minute, at the minute, this is only coming to California, yeah? Absolutely, yep. So no, no replacing Florida's Tora Terra. Definitely not. And I mean, I, I, you know, we're still trying to work out if uh, the Guardians rumours can be true in, in Disney World because of the Universal deal. But it's only happening there. Um the thing is, a lot of people, especially younger people, don't know what the Twilight Zone is. There's not been a Twilight Zone TV series since, uh, when was the last one? The mid-90s, I think? They pulled it back? Or was that, no, that was the, uh, that was the Outer Limits, wasn't it? Yeah. When did, they, so. when did they last do a, t- a, t- a Twilight Zone series? No, I think there was yeah. a Twilight Zone one, too. Yeah, there was. There was a reboot. I know there was one in the 80s. Mm. That lasts a little bit longer than the yeah I thought it was one in the nineties as well it must have been out after the Outer Limits, um, but I mean it's you know back in the day the original Twilight Zone is very iconic, um, and people that like you know kind of horror films and and, and you know spooky things um, probably know what a Twilight Zone is but a lot of people don't and you know not me but I'm mean, I think some people might find it a little bit hokey. And if you can't really relate to it, it's kind of not worth it. Especially because, and this is, uh, I think, a very key thing about the Tower of Terror in general. The Twilight Zone isn't a Disney property. So they have to license the Twilight Zone from, I think it's CBS, owns the, the name of the Twilight Zone. So in the same way that they used to have to pay for Star Tours before they bought Lucasfilm they have to pay to use the Twilight Zone. Now, you've got to come to a point where you think, and I don't know what the terms of the deal are, but they're paying money to use the name. When is it worth them continuing to do so if it's not something that's relevant anymore? We were talking well, it about... just kind of seems like everything's changing because, I mean, they've got the old Hollywood Boulevard, and then when you think of the great movie ride and the magic of the movies, they, they've they got all kinds of old movies in there that a lot of kids would never even hear of. And I kind of associated Tower of Terror along the same line, so it seems like, um, and, and by, by taking the Backlot Tour out... I mean, it just seems to be changing and getting away from, you know, what they say in the the great movie ride, the magic of the movies. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think the Twilight, I'm sorry, I think that the um, the studios as a whole is definitely kind of evolving. You're, you're yes. right. It's definitely not the same park it was 10 years ago. Um, and I think it's becoming less about, in the, to be honest, Universal's done the exact same thing. If you look at how Universal started, I oh, mean, yeah. they don't use Universal for filming anymore, do they? I don't think they film anything at Universal in Florida anymore. But at, at the beginning, they used to have productions that were filmed there. 
Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, the only thing I know that they use the, the sound stations for nowadays is to take wrestling every now and again. <laughs> um, otherwise, they don't actually film much on the backstage lot at all. Um, and it's just become a, a place of rides, and I think that's the same. Now, the great movie ride, you're you're, you're right, and I think that's that's good to talk about. Um, I personally think that a lot of that ride needs a, a redo because I don't think it's very relevant anymore. Uh, what's the what's the first scene? Remind what the first scene is in, in the great movie ride. What's that film? Singing in the rain. That... No, no, no it's one before that. Buzz, uh, the, the Dancing buzz... Girls, isn't it? Behind the rain. Yeah, yeah the Buzz, buzz Bear musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, really, who cares? Like <laughs> singing in the rain, you know, is still very iconic. It's something you you see referenced quite often. It's a film they play a lot on, on TV. Who knows what that film is at the beginning? <laughs> no one. Oh, it's Footlight Parade. Footlight, yeah. Right, yeah. No. They did change the movie reel at the end. Have y'all seen the new one? No, I haven't, but yes, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'd certainly like to see them revamp the great movie rate, but keep it as the great movie rate. Yeah. No, I'm not saying replace it. Um, but I do. I just think that some of the scenes could be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, they could do a, do a bit of a revamp. I mean, Wizard of Oz is you know is fine. Seeing the rain is fine. Aliens is probably just about fine, if not a bit scary, um, for for the kids. But and me, um, but um, you know, I think there are probably more relevant films that they could probably put in in some of those scenes than they have currently. Yeah. Um, that's 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 how I see it. But I mean, it is changing. But the Twilight Zone is not the franchise it was. I mean, it was barely uh, a decent idea for a concept when it first opened. And that's not to say that I don't think the ride itself and the theming itself is good, because it's brilliant. But what I'm saying is, is that I think the name they've attached to it isn't strong. It's not a great brand anymore. It's not a relevant brand anymore. And I think they need to try and do something else. It's going to save them money. It's going to give them something else. And I think as well, they're looking to try and do more Marvel stuff over in California. So I think it will make sense eventually. It's a very bold step and no one likes change. But as Paul said, you know, it's one tower to the change. They're not changing all of them, at least yet. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people were quite um, upset when they announced Frozen. And most people uh, that have been on it have, have actually kind of praised it. So, um, you know, it's always uh, it's always hard to say goodbye to something that we love so much. But I think in this instance, it's going to work out for the best. I truly do. Um, so I, I hope it I hope it does work. But I think you you know we've got to be realistic and say the Twilight Zone is is not the big franchise it was. This is something that's more up to date, it's more relevant, and I think people are going to enjoy. Um, so let's... I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, Nick. But I think reading between the lines, I think what you're trying to see really is Steve Gutenberg. It's time to come back and make <laughs> Tower of Terror to Tower of Terror the revisit. <laughs> that's to be what honest, you're trying to see, Nick. It's, it, you know what? You're almost right. I actually just want Steve Gutenberg to return to Police Academy. It's been far too long. Um, I don't even know if they ever got out of their mission to Moscow. <laughs> Who knows? So it's it's time for him to come back and get some new recruits. Um, 
But anyway, that's that's uh, enough about that. On that note. <laughs> On that note. Um, now, we always play um, uh, an advert for Wendy, um, normally around this part of the show. Um, and instead of me doing it, um, I think there's no better person to do it, if you ask me. Uh, Mr. Dolan. No, I'm joking. Uh, Wendy, <laughs> um, yes. with that in mind, um, how can people find you and uh, take on some of your services? Well, uh, you can find me on the Twitters or on Facebook uh, at WP Magic Journeys, trying to make my long name as short as possible. Um, (laughs) I have my my website, which is also WPMagicJourneys.com. So you can find me anywhere there. Um, My number is 214-683-5181. If anybody wants to book a trip and mention this show, I'll offer $25 off the deposit. And then on Disney cruises, I offer anywhere between fifty to six hundred dollars in onboard credits, depending on the price of the cruise. Hot dog! <laughs> so there you go. Hot diggity dog! Indeed. Uh, and of course, in the UK, that telephone number is the same, but with double O one at the beginning. So just just there bear that go. in mind. Uh, otherwise, you won't get hold of Randy. But um, thank you. I mean, I think um, what you offer is is great. I'm I'm sure some of our listeners will uh, will. Uh, definitely consider that when they're doing their next trips uh, if only i was one of those people uh, that had a trip coming up um don't worry i'll, I'll start a go fund me if you want to pay for me to go it'd be great um <laughs> but wendy thank you very much for joining us um i hope it's been enjoyable for you oh and, yes uh, thank you it's been great well good good and, i'd love uh, to come back anytime well that's that's another one people you've heard you know this is the problem they say it publicly it goes recorded it's it's out on the internet um we can hold them to that because that's law um <laughs> they've, they've said they'll come back so they will so yes no wendy will definitely love to have you back in the future um if you want to contact us you can find us uh at our website which is www.disafterdark.com or you can email us at disafterdark at gmail.com that's right isn't it yep good 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 mr d and we're also on facebook and we're on the twitters as well you'll find us there yes and we might even respond to you occasionally um and uh yeah if you want to get in touch please do uh thank you for joining us once again um thank you wendy and um everyone else we will see you in a week's time for i've lost track of the schedule i don't know what's happening in a week so i'm just the universal after dark or Pop After Dark, Pop after dark the, new, the new show that's come out of me ruining Universal After Dark. Don't worry, normal service will be resumed with Universal After Dark at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but thank you for joining us, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.